Welcome back to Apricot Bakes and More, the podcast. Today, we're talking all about gardening. Now, I love to garden. I don't know about you, but once Christmas is over and the New Year's begun, about mid-January, I'm like, okay, let's go. I want to plant my seedlings. I want to start, you know, getting everything ready. But what I want to do and what's available to me are <laughs> way too different things. I want to start way early compared to what the rest of the world does. I remember one time my husband and I went to like three different stores trying to find the growing kits because I swear I saw them out and I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's go. He was like, honey, they're not out any yet. I was like, yes, they are. He bought me Dunkin' Donuts and everything was better afterwards, right? <laughs> um, but that's my problem. I love to garden. I I'm just not very good at it. So over the years, I have done more research. I've definitely practiced. And I'm going to pass on my somewhat knowledgeable information to you. Now, on the back of seed package, you will see something usually listed as just a zone. That What they're referring to is the plant hardiness zone which is a geographic area defined to encompass a range of climate conditions relevant to your plant's growth and survival. Basically, it means if you have a hardiness zone of, of 10, just round it up to a 10, um, you can withstand a minimum temperature. Now, that's not maximum. That's your minimum temperature of 30.2 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 1 degree Celsius. A great place, if you don't know, let me back that up. If you don't know where to find your hardiness zone now, a great place would be at the planthardiness.arc.usda.gov to find out your local zone. Uh, you type in your area code and it'll tell you everything about it. You can actually even like pull up a map of your area if you really want to get into now, I found out when I was, you know, playing around with the websites that I am actually a zone 8B. Um, couldn't really tell you why there's a B or an A, but at least I know I'm B. Yay, right? Um, it is a another great... By the way, all the websites I'm going to give you today don't like, oh my god, I need a pen and paper and, you know, drive and get into a car accident because you're writing it down. Don't do that. That's bad. I will put all the links on the description after the end of the podcast and also have them on my Facebook page, which is Apricot Bakes, just in case you want to go click on them and look through them up. Um, another great, great resource is your local co-op extension. They are fabulous um, when it comes to your area's soil and climate what fruits and vegetables work best. They are a really great place to start if you want to find out, well, if you want to turn your black thumb into a green thumb or at least a light brown like me. Great, great place. Um, if you don't know where to find your local co-op extension, well, that's what you have me for. Woohoo! You can go to gardeninginthenow.com forward slash extension dash search and you can bring up a list of everybody in your area. Uh, you'll have like a main one and then you'll have like offices depending on your state. Uh, another website you could do is articles.extension.org. They have a list of places as well. Again, both of these links will be in the description and on my Facebook page, I promise.
the first link is for U.S. only, and the second one is a good one for U.S. and Canada. Sorry, I don't have it for the rest of the world. Um, but I would assume it's basically kind of like the same thing. You can, you know, Google up for your local extension or whatever it may be in your area. <clears throat> Knowing your zones would be very beneficial, especially when you're coming out to pick out what fruits you want, what vegetables will grow in your area. For instance, you don't want to be living in New England and planting tomatoes. Come to find out you have picked a long-growing tomato, which means that has a longer growing season when you have a short growing season. That would not be very beneficial to you or your tomatoes. <laughs> um, now, uh, so now you know your zones and you know this is what I want to plant. Where do you go from there? Well, I'm going to step away for a second and when I come back, I am going to talk to you about how to find, you know, what to plant and how to plant them. Okay, so like I was saying before, now that you know your zones and you have an idea of what you want to plant, now let's find out how to take care of these plants, right? One of the best resources, <clears throat> excuse me, that I have ever found, believe it or not, is the Farmer's Almanac. Now they have a great book I think they put out every year, um, but they also have almanac.com. Again, the links will be on my Facebook page. Um, that is filled with like how to's and videos and just whoa I was playing with this yesterday when I was doing some research and I was like okay if I don't get off of this I am never going to find my podcast I was having so much fun they have just about almost every fruits and vegetables you can think of showing you how to plant it where to plant it it was insane it was great I loved it um they have a great tool that you can use to help design your garden. I know what I'm doing today, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm getting a very late start this year. Uh, <laughs> but basically, it's going to help you show like the size of your plot that you want, what vegetables can go where, how to take care of them, how much space each one needs. And that's something you need to remember is space for your vegetables. For instance... Um, a tomato garden, well, tomatoes need more space than, let's say, a radish. So you could put a lot of little radishes together, but you can't put more than maybe two plants of tomatoes together because they take up so much space and they need more nutrients and, you know, sunlight to grow and really give you that bounty that you're looking for at the end of the season. Um, but it is so much fun. Okay. So, because I have black thumbs, I have mentioned this many a times, um, I have found that an old-fashioned, huge garden was not my style. Now, this is another thing you have to think about. What kind of garden beds do you want? For me, my old-fashioned was not having it. Um, for, like, many reasons. One, I had dogs at one point who decided that my garden was going to be their master of mud holes. They would run through that garden every day, even though it had a fence and it was, you know, marked off and everything that they had no nose going into. They would still jump over that dang fence and run around. It drove me insane. Um, and two, I have cats who have decided that my vegetables can be their digging up holes. 
Yes, my cats dig holes. I think they thought there was like mold or something <laughs> underneath it. And three, my soil in my backyard sucks. Okay, just plain out sucks. Um, I want to say about six years ago, my husband indulged me and dug up this huge plot garden. This is how I know it does not work for me. <laughs> All right, and we bought one of those solar house things and we put it over the area. I even bought onions and we dug up the rows and we put all the onions in and covered them up and it was nice and it was, you know, this is what we were gonna do. No, <laughs> just no. By the end of, I want to say, the first month, my tent had holes in it from my dogs. My onions did not grow for diddly-poo. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I'm not even going to get into the discussion of what happened to the rest of the garden because it was like non-existent. However, the funny thing is, is after we took everything down and let the earth retake it, right... You can still smell onions <laughs> back there when you go mow the lawn. I don't know. It's kind of like the ghost onions that never were, right? It was It's hilarious. He tells me about it every time he goes back there to mow the lawn, and I just die laughing. I just think it's funny. <laughs> um, But what I do... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just think it's funny. The ghost onions. All right, I'm done. Maybe. <laughs> but does any of this stop me from trying to grow a garden? No. It just means I try more things and drive my husband even more crazy. Um, <clears throat> so instead of doing those massive, huge gardens, I have found that container gardens work beautifully for me. It is low maintenance. I can keep my cats out of it a little bit better. You know, I can pick and choose the soil that I need for the plants, which helps the plants. Though I haven't killed mums yet. I think I have three mum plants right now that are maybe two, three years old. I haven't killed them yet, so go me. Anyways, um, I like container gardening. It's gentler on my knees because I can use a stool to get up and down with. Um... <clears throat> So I definitely, sorry, I got distracted by my cats, <laughs> believe it or not, knocking on my window. Um, I liked, I just like the container gardenings. They're easier to do. They produce a lot, especially if you do companion planting, which is something I'm going to talk about next week. Um, gardening just has so much information out there. I want to say I said in the beginning that we're going to talk about it for the next couple of weeks so you can really get a somewhat better understanding of what is going on out there in your gardens. Um, especially when you start hearing terms like GMO, um, organic versus non-organic, heirlooms, you know, things like that. But back to container gardens. <laughs> um, you can put them in one place. You can use those big massive pots that you can move around so they get the right amount of sun. It really does help. And it looks pretty. Like I'm all for being pretty, but I want to be... I like beauty and function, so if I could do it all at once, I, it's a two. It's a winner for me. It's like a two for a right. However, when you pick out your seeds, now you're gonna see a lot of things like no, no, I'm not gonna do G GMO. GMO is not a bad thing. It's not you know the end all to be all, but it's not a bad thing either. Without GMO, we wouldn't have a lot of the products that we do have. So you have to think they're not making these products to be you know, they're trying to be able to help the environment by
by using less pesticides, less chemicals, and things like that for the GMOs. They're not trying to make, um, you know, vegetables take over the earth. Okay, that would be crazy talk, right? Um, so you just have to pay attention to that. But if you can, get heirlooms. Oh, heirloom tomatoes. Those are, like, my favorite tomatoes. There are these heirloom tomatoes. They're called Cherokee Reds, I think. They have big, massive, like, purple-looking tomatoes. Oh, my God. They're just packed with flavor. It is insane how much flavor these tomatoes taste. If you never had one, definitely try to find some. Or, heck, Grow some. Um, they are just so good with flavor. We got some at a pick your own place, which is another option. If you don't want to have the time or the energy to make your own garden, you can see if there is a pick your own place to go out and get your own fruits and vegetables. I know it's a little crazy, but I like going to them. My kids do strawberries and blueberries. My son can eat his way through a blueberry patch. Like, he is insane with blueberries. I think he eats them more than I do. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but there are a lot of places. I know I have a couple in my area that will allow you to come in during certain times of the week to come and pick the produce at a discounted rate. Or you could go to a farmer's market and get it that way too. Totally okay with that. I love my farmer's market. Which actually, for me, opens up this Saturday. Yay! I cannot wait. I might go there, you know, chill, have some fun, pick up some fresh fruits and vegetables. Yeah, I think that sounds like a plan, but I'm getting off topic again. But trying to get heirloom, um, or, or heirlooms, heirloom seeds, they really do have a great flavor and they have been around for an extended amount of time. Um, a lot of them have been around over for 100 years, just passed down from generation to generation. They're really good. Uh, a great way to help cut down on pesticides, if you don't want to use any in your garden, would be to rotate your crops. It sounds crazy, right? But if you keep planting the same crop at the same place every year, what you're going to do is you're going to drain that soil of the nutrients that plant actually needs which causes the fruit or vegetable to, <clears throat> excuse me, Whew. okay, which causes the fruit and vegetable to take up as much as that nutrients as it can. You might not get a great yield. You'll introduce more bugs because they're not getting what they need from the ground. And then you have to add more pesticides and more chemicals, and that's just not the smart thing to do. You call me crazy, but I want to use less of that stuff, right? So... I would rotate it, but then you have to be careful that you can't plant, like say one day you planted potatoes in one spot. Well, the next year you cannot plant tomatoes or strawberries, I believe, in that same spot because the soil doesn't have the nutrients that those plants need. And I think you have to wait like three years before you plant something that can be there. I, I can't remember it. For sure, but I will definitely look it up for next week. Um, but that's a great way to help cut down. And also putting flowers. It sounds weird, but I have a vague memory of my mom. She had a massive garden in our backyard. Always wanted to plant corn there, but she never let me. Probably because we lived in New England. <laughs> um, 
but I remember flowers being on the edge of the bed. It's not all the way around it, but just on like a couple spots on the edge. And that was to help keep the bugs away, believe it or not. It's crazy, right? So that is definitely something. And who says you can't have pretty flowers in a garden? Hello, flower gardens. Um, so there is that. There are pesticides, not pesticides, but there are bug remedies you can make at home. I'll dig some of those up to see if they actually work for you guys for next week. Uh, but that's what we'll do. Next week, we're going to talk about organic versus non-organic. There is no extra nutritional value in your foods, just to let you know that now. Um, we'll talk about organic versus non-organic and ways to keep your fruits and vegetables pest-free. That sounds like a good deal, right? All right, so it's a short one this week, but I will be back next week, and I will talk to everyone then. Bye.